Welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and I'm joining you today from Iced Over, Texas, where we finally have electricity and sunshine. It's nice. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in the dark and the cold this week, but thanks to the heroes that are um, linemen from around the state coming in to help us out, we got hit with a really bad ice storm. Um, and it's been it's been hard times. But joining me today is my very best friend in the whole wide world, the Sookie to my Lorelai. Uh, she got me a mug that says that. <laughs> Hi, y'all. This is Jessica Fincannon, my very best friend. And we just recorded a podcast for season two, episode one, because we just watched it. Um, but I won't post that one for a few weeks, probably eight weeks from now. Um, but just so you know, we just played a drinking game with that episode, and we are four or five Malibu and Dr. Peppers in, plus an entire bottle of, like, a giant bottle of Sparkle Teeny between the two of us. So, it should be real fun. And now we're refilled. Yes, now we're refilled, and we're going to talk about season one, episode seven, In a Lonely Place. Um, it's an all right episode. It's fine. It's a good middle of season filler stuff. Um, the title of this episode comes from a 1950 Humphrey Bogart movie, which is the plot is a screenwriter who is a murder suspect until his neighbor clears him. And then that neighbor later has doubts, or at least that's what IMDb says. Cause I've never heard of this movie in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. IMDb. So, this episode starts off with really one of my favorite scenes of the series. Like, for as much as this episode doesn't do much, I really like this scene. It's the, um, like, 1950s flashbacks where everybody's in their, like, comic garb or um, Jughead. It's, like, all in his imagination because he's, he's dreaming. But he has, like, the old-timey sweater with a big yellow S on it. And instead of his beanie, he has, like, an actual whoopee cap. Um... Betty and Alice are basically standard E. Like, they've got, like, their big skirts on. And Veronica has bangs. That's about the only difference, because she already dresses up. <laughs> but, um, Jason is alive. And he's seated next to a very pregnant Polly in an, like, old-timey maternity dress. And can I just say, thank God maternity fashion has evolved. Because I could not have spent nine months in a smock. I would have killed myself. I mean, I basically lived in the same maxi dress for nine months, but, like, it's not much better. Now they make pants. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. My old Navy maternity jeans, I still sometimes will, like, crawl up in them just because they're so comfy. I wear my maternity leggings weekly. <laughs> you could fit a family of four of them in those bitches, but I don't care. They are amazing. <laughs> Soft. It's basically like wearing jammies. In fact, I go to bed. And then I don't even change my pants when I get home. <laughs> Just like, yep, this is what I'm wearing till tomorrow morning. <laughs> um, Betty has an engagement ring on in this little imagination scene. And Hal hands Jughead a turkey carving knife 
that then disappears in a fork and Archie comes in wearing his very iconic comic book patented Riverdale high sweater vest and a bow tie and oh he has that turkey carving knife in his back great times and he says dude why'd you stab me in the back and even after all this time it's been like a year since this episode actually aired several months since i watched it when i first fell in love with the show on netflix what the hell is he talking about like how did jughead stab archie in the back you think it's betty i, I guess like i think maybe this dream is like jughead feeling guilty for being in archie's place because he doesn't feel like he's worthy because he does have like a weird flash to fp in the trailer being drunk so maybe he feels like because he's from the wrong side of the tracks he shouldn't get to have this like super cutesy moment with the coopers and veronica for some reason um even though archie never wanted to be there like he, right he never wanted to be betty's beau right archie just doesn't like her like that so jughead has like no reason to feel guilty i'm gonna lay down Ugh, i've been doing this for too long and i'm too old okay this is gonna hurt in like two minutes because the floor is really hard <laughs> so hard i've had a lot to drink <laughs> um okay so but yeah he hasn't betrayed archie at all that's weird but one thing that we learn from jughead waking up is that he's been living in the janitor's closet under the stairs um he's also been showering meow <laughs> so, got some strange feelings about that because i definitely was like hello jughead oh my god it's the little boy from big daddy <laughs> No, no, I wet my own ass. <laughs> the 30 packets of ketchup. <laughs> King of Blue Song, King of Blue Song. <laughs> and yet, sploosh. I, I, I don't know, I'm so conflicted. <laughs> but Archie finds him, um, and he's like, what the hell are you doing here? And I was like, oh, I'm just using the state-of-the-art facilities. And he's like, no, really. What the fuck are you doing showering at school? You are in zero sports. So Jughead comes clean um, after really only being asked twice. And I appreciate that. There's like no episode-long drama about Jughead trying to hide his homelessness from Archie. So why was Archie there, though? Probably for yeah. football practice or something. Because it's in the locker room. It just seemed like they were all alone in that school. Yeah. <clears throat> It was awfully lonely. I don't know. Um, so <laughs> Jughead tells Archie that he's, you know, been living like Harry Potter since the drive-in was closed down. Um, literally under the stairs. <laughs> yes, literally <laughs> in the cupboard under the stairs on Privet Drive. <laughs> um, uh, but he's been living there ever since the drive-in closed down because things are not good at home his dad fell off the wagon when your dad fired him archie so it's all your fault such a 16 year old reaction like oh uh he also tells him that his mom took jelly bean his little sister and left to stay with his grandparents why didn't she take jughead yeah that's pretty terrible like been for yourself juggy yeah I mean, I get that Jelly Bean's 10 and needs more support, but... He's 15, right? Yeah. He's still a, your child. Yeah. And his other option is living 
on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like or with the man that you left because right. he's violent awful. and a drunk, yeah. Jughead asks Archie to not say anything to Betty because he's <laughs> because Archie's even more oblivious than I am. Archie is all why would she care? If anyone would be a snob about it, it's Veronica. You know, the one that I've like actively been flirting with all school year. <laughs> She's the one that might be a bitch to you about it. And he's like, well, yeah, don't tell her either. (laughs) Whatever. Speaking of Veronica, at the Pembroke, Smithers comes in carrying a bunch of boxes from (laughs) Glamazon.com. I hope that's her real website. (laughs) If it's not, it will be. Right. It's all for Veronica's retail therapy. Because this is going to be the episode where Veronica tries to prove how more mature she is than her mother by acting like a teenager. Solid move. Um, at the student lounge, the whole Scooby gang is gathered to discuss Polly's escape from um, the crazy house. And I don't mean that like a mental institution. It's just that place was crazy. <laughs> like, those those um, sisters. Yeah, the sisters of quiet mercy were <laughs> not quiet with their mercy. Yeah, <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> so this is also the scene where Jughead first puts his arm around Betty and both Archie and Veronica are that uh, bleaking guy meme that excuse me and he, he did a little caress on her boat neck he touched her like, her shoulder a little bit yeah and she grabbed his hand back mm-hmm. pretty some, sweet yes some bughead vibes they discuss hiding secrets from the blossoms just as ginger one of cheryl blossom's minions hears and texts away because these motherfuckers don't know how to pull an aria montgomery and look over their shoulder before they talk about something <laughs> jesus rookie move yes Archie confronts Jughead in the hallway about his affections for Betty, and Betty asks Veronica, but she approves, not only because they're adorable, but because it takes Betty out of the competition for Archie. So I feel like that's why Veronica Lodge approves. (laughs) Yeah, because she's going to stop getting all up on the man that you like. (laughs) Whatever. So Cheryl uses the news that she learns from Ginger, who heard in the student lounge, um, she uses it with her mother and Sheriff Keller to get the River Vixens back because her mom has recently taken her away from the River Vixens for daring to speak at her brother's funeral. Um, and her mom's like, yes, fine, whatever. So they tell her, she tells them about Sheriff Keller and Polly's escape. Oh, and she's already tweeted about it. So don't even try to, to hide it because Kel- Kevin's telling everyone y'all he's up in the school being like cheryl just tweeted this omg <laughs> i love kevin and he gets riverdale title card um at sunnyside trailer park we get a good look at the filth that fp lives in and why jughead doesn't want to be there um jughead he's coming home for a visit he wants to talk to his dad but you know what i might be okay with such squalor if scoot's there <laughs> Just saying. That probably explains a lot <laughs> about my actual house. <laughs> I like the guy that lives here, so I'm cool with it. Put Sock Mountain over there by the front door. <laughs> there was no bottle when you opened the door to rattle around. That's true. I cleaned it up. There are 15 pairs of shoes, though. <laughs> I can relate to the shoes. <laughs> and a bunch of uh, empty spice jars because <laughs> his aunt decided that'd be super fun for a three-year-old to play with when she's playing kitchen. She saved, like, all these empty food containers. Yeah. And, like, she does play with them, so she's not wrong, but <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird birthday yeah. present. Here's a bunch of trash. <laughs> Fun. Did she wrap it? 
Uh, no, she she tied them up in a Walmart bag. She did wrap up um, some old gifts that she got secondhand, though. This is the rich aunt, by the way. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. I don't I don't expect gifts at all, but it was uh, it's interesting to open up in a room full of like 50 people. I need a drink. All right, so Jughead wants to know if FP would consider going back to work. The FP has more pride than sense. And he's like, no, I was fired. I can't, what kind of man would I be if I go back there? And I pause this just for a second to type out these notes and it definitely looks like FP is on the toilet. <laughs> it <laughs> did. <laughs> like, I looked up and I was like, wait, why did Jughead follow him into the bathroom? <laughs> Does that shit continue on to the teen years? Because I just got good at peeing in, like, in less than 10 seconds before I get busted in on. Like, I can't do that for 10 more years. I can't do it. And he, he was just, his eyes were cut so appropriately at the glass of whiskey or whatever that was on the table. Yeah, he was just longing. <laughs> oh, how I love you, liquor. Liquor? Hardly know her. <laughs> I drink a lot. just tasting it. <laughs> Me. <laughs> That's my daughter. Anytime my dog licks her face, hers tasted me. She kissed you. Calm down. She's not seeing what you're going to taste like when she eats you. Trauma queen. I don't know where she gets that from. Such traumatics. Certainly not for me. Definitely her dad. Yes. <laughs> Granted, her dad can throw a fit. Have I told you the garlic bread story? No. Oh my God. So, like, we even, like, anytime he says something about, like, that's so you because she throws a fit, I'll be like, hashtag garlic bread, hashtag never forget. Because we lived in Austin. It was spaghetti night. He dropped his garlic bread. Like, we'd only made two pieces, one for each of us, and I think it was probably, like, the last of the box. We dropped it on the floor, picked it up, and chunked it across the room because he was so pissed off. Because <laughs> he didn't get his garlic bread. <laughs> and I mean, look, the Texas Toast garlic bread is pretty good. <laughs> I'd be really upset too. We were cleaning up garlic bread crumbs for like months. <laughs> so that's, he continued to be bitter about it. <laughs> Oh my word. Oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, but Jughead says if FP goes back to work, Mom and Jellybean could come home. I could come home. If you could just stop being a shit. Please. Just tuck your tail and get it over with. Right. So, the next scene, Betty and Jughead have set up a search party in Evers Green Forest to look for Molly. <laughs> I hope that's from the comics, because otherwise it's stupid as hell. And Alice has her bag. Yes, Alice has her her handbag. <laughs> Can't be without. Um, Kevin asks Veronica about the Cold War at home. So she basically lays out like her plan to get back at her mom, and it's to go with her best celebrity pal, Josie, her best gay, Kevin, who's honored, um, and the uh, most disposable arm candy, which is Reggie, because he's dumb. Moose would probably be a good one, too, though. Mm -hmm. This is really cute. Reggie just happened to be right there yeah. when she... And, like, wins. taking selfies in the woods. <laughs> He'll do. He'll do. 
Kevin asks if they should invite Betty, and she says, uh, no, I think she'll be busy because the blossoms start marching in. Penelope confronts Alice and says, where is she, Alice? <laughs> and Alice, who becomes my absolute favorite, <laughs> says, do you really think I would be out here with the mosquitoes if I knew? <laughs> Duh, Penelope, what the fuck do you think they're doing out there? <laughs> Looking for mushrooms, truffles? And you know there are some serious mosquitoes yes. in those damp woods. Yeah. No, thank you. Maybe that's what she has in her bag. Just some, some off repel. <laughs> so, they should put it in the fog machine. Oh my god, that's so smart. You need to work for the city of Riverdale. Maybe in my next career. Maybe. Okay, so the next scene, Betty and Alice are in a church. <laughs> and Alice, who is, what, in her late 40s, mm -hmm. early 50s, maybe, she's using CoverGirl <laughs> to fix her makeup. And granted, I still use some CoverGirl. It's because I'm holding on to my youth and I'm poor. <laughs> like, I feel like Alex... I feel you. <laughs> Alex, Alice, would, she would probably have some MAC mm -hmm. or, I don't know, some whatever olive olay has got going on, some Mary Kay. <laughs> probably well, not CoverGirl. least. Right. <laughs> Bitch is not using CoverGirl. Sorry. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she tells Betty that they're in full damage control. So <laughs> they have this weird press conference. They own the newspaper. Who are these people? Yeah. Well, and then she makes a big deal out of it being in front of the church, except they're standing like, perpendicular. <laughs> so it's actually like the trees and things behind them. And you can yeah. see the church to the left. But, uh, I mean, I feel like that loses its efficacy. With <laughs> right. <laughs> with the photographers who work for them. Yeah. She's like, try me, bitch, whenever they're in front of a church. But yeah they're really not in front of the church and these are the same people who hid their daughter so nobody would know that she's pregnant or like our daughter is pregnant and missing with jason blossom's, blossom's baby. baby anybody who is at least hal's age would know some shit that would not be okay and i'm not gonna say it because it's a spoiler i just realized that but if you if you're only caught up to this episode you do not know those things yet <laughs> but they would have reason to be like oh so anyway she tells everyone that Polly is pregnant with Jason's child and Cheryl definitely like flips a switch on her whole idea right there and Penelope is just aghast. Yeah. Well, in it, it almost looks like Cheryl's jealous. Like, because Polly's having his baby and not her. Like, it's super weird. I, I don't know many twins, but the few that I do know are not that tight. Um, yeah, they have, they're freakishly linked. Yeah. Even though they might not be the same age. <laughs> Again. He was born first. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. 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 Stupid fucking show. But we love it. We love it so much. It's so good. 
I'm literally wearing Jughead shirt. <laughs> I love it so much. You know how many pretty, pretty little liars stuff I have? None. <laughs> Zero. You know how much Gilmore Girl so stuff I have before you bought me that mug? None. <laughs> I have five Riverdale shirts, two that I made myself, and a hoodie. Well, that's that was one of them. Yeah. These are four shirts and a hoodie. I made the hoodie. I made my HBIC shirt. <laughs> and I have a friend who's crocheting me a, a crown beanie. <laughs> so, two people have bought me HBIC stickers. <laughs> this is... These hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's not normal. And I am on medication. <laughs> It's not like I'm gonna get help. (laughs) This is it. We're also on Sparkle Teeny. Yes, so much, so much Sparkle Teeny. So, (laughs) Jughead walks Betty home because there's a killer on the loose, and it's you know what people like them who've gone through what they've gone through do. Because nobody can just say, "Because I'm your boyfriend." Yeah. We don't want to put labels on anything. Even though they're holding hands. Right, they're holding hands. They've kissed. It's... He's put his arm around her in the student lounge. Yep. They're basically engaged. In front of all of their friends. Right. And he had a dream where she wore an engagement ring. Pretty big one, too. But Betty feels super guilty about Polly running away because she thinks if it weren't for her, Polly wouldn't run away. And it's like, no, maybe if your parents weren't monsters and put her in that place, she wouldn't have run, run away. But for some fucking reason, Betty remembers another time that Polly ran away. And how has this never come up before? Like, she's been missing for at least a day. Nobody said, has she run away before? Where did she go? But she gets that epiphany. She kisses Jughead, who then turns around in the opposite direction of Archie's house where he's now staying. (laughs) Walks away. Maybe he's going to Pops. (laughs) Whatever. But um, he's certainly not walking to the house where he's living for right now. Or, I mean, I know, like, they don't roll out the air mattress, but Archie has told him, you can stay with us. You can stay with me. I'll talk to my dad. At this point. But Betty goes home and um, she goes up into the attic and Polly scares the ever-loving shit out of all of us. So. I mean, not like she didn't announce herself and say, I'm alone, but let's sneak up behind her and make her scream. Right. Anytime where you feel compelled to walk up behind somebody and put your hand over their mouth, stop. Think about your your actions here and think, could this make them pee themselves and possibly on me? (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Don't do it. Just say, Betty, I'm over here behind the creepy dollhouses in wedding dress. I know addicts are creepy, but that was just especially creepy. Yeah. Crazy bitch. Okay, I really don't want to talk anymore about this scene because Polly's so blah. But uh, yeah, her leg was cut and her and Betty talk. So FP walks into Andrew's construction to take up Fred's offer. And there's like a 1997 version of me watching Skeet Ulrich in the same screen as Luke Perry, and she is screaming. (laughs) (laughs) This is like 90s me in my room that's covered in posters from Tiger Beat. (laughs) (laughs) It's just dying right now. So Hermione walks in and she asks, 
she and Effie act like they haven't spoken since high school. Like they haven't had this whole shakedown with money exchanging and him, you know, sending her a rattlesnake and whatever until Fred walks away. And then FP begins what will be a long line of unfactual comments about snakes as he refers to his gang that will continue on forever and ever. Amen. <laughs> or at least until middle of season two, <laughs> which is the most recent thing that's aired. Um, and tells Hermione that Dudley do write in there, meaning Fred doesn't know that I'm a serpent. And here's the thing about snakes. If you don't step on them, they have no reason to bite. Wrong. <laughs> so wrong. Those fuckers will bite you for looking at them. <laughs> they don't care. You just walk by. <laughs> yes. If you, if you happen to, like, open a door and they're there, they will lunge out and bite you. Max been bitten. He got bit by a copperhead three times one night it was so scary that is scary i was super pregnant well i wasn't super pregnant i was like eight weeks pregnant but it scared the hell out of me absolutely and um but we just we called the vet like the after hours and they just told us to give him benadryl and he was fine but his poor face was like swollen shut he got bit twice on the face and then once on the paw it was really sad but he's he's fine now he's all good um, at the Cooper house, Betty asks how welcome Polly and the baby will be when she comes back after they find her. And Alice and Hal lie about, um, about adoption being Polly's idea. So Betty kind of gets why Polly is scared. She tells Veronica, who wants to talk to her mom about letting Polly stay with them, when Cheryl busts in, oh, we're, we're in the blue and gold office, I think, saying that Polly should stay at Thornhill because now that she's pregnant with Jason's baby, she's family. And Betty's like, I thought you thought Polly was crazy. You know, what with, like, the past six and a half episodes and all of you calling her crazy. <laughs> and Cheryl says, yeah, I think she's crazier than a serial killer on bath salts. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, but she's still carrying Jason's baby, and that trumps everything. <laughs> and she's like, do you know where she is? And Betty's like, no. And she's like, oh, my God, you are the worst liar ever. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to Lily Reinhardt for acting like a bad liar. Like those, some good face work. She did some good <laughs> facial acrobatics there. <laughs> and I really hate the plaid shirt that she's wearing. Like it's something I would wear. It'd be cute if I wore it, but not Betty. Betty's all sweaters. Yes, very much. It's not okay when she's not in a sweater. My world is askew. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> So Archie and Jughead are just hanging out in the Andrews construction trailer. And when FP and Fred come back from working on the site, they want the four of them to go to dinner. Of course it pops because there are no other restaurants in town. This kills me. (laughs) And he's just, it's always open and he is always there. Pop. Yeah. Poor guy does not sleep. He doesn't sleep. I don't know. It's so weird. So then we get a little, so at Pops, we get a little glimpse at Fred and FP's teen years with the shaggin' wagon, the Fred heads, and FP was apparently the BMOC, <laughs> and it took me a minute to realize that was Big Man on campus. <laughs> me too. Not I'm gonna lie. thousand years old. <laughs> <laughs> but just then, when everything is all fun and lovely and everybody's having a great time, FP gets all weird about paying for the check things get super tense and even Jughead's like we invited you I'll pay and he's like put your damn money away yeah that was kind of tense yeah super tense um 
So then at the Pembroke, Veronica rubs it in Hermione's face that she can go clubbing on a school night because she has a get-out-of-jail-free card because Hermione committed forgery. <laughs> Bitch, I can do whatever I want because you're a felon now. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, make sure that uh, you don't commit any major felons that your kids can extort you with. <laughs> Same. As we close in on a, the nightclub, that is in this quaint Norman Rockwell town. And it's like a fancy nightclub. Yeah. It's like a real one with like vel- velvet ropes and everything. A group of young people just tromp through a giant ass puddle <laughs> instead of walking around it. Who does that? In their strappy sandal heels. Yes. And they're going out nice shoes. They just walk through the water. Like, I don't have nice shoes. But if I did... You'd be damned to find me just trudging through giant puddles when there's plenty of room to walk around it. They won't be nice shoes anymore. No. I don't even wear, like, my $3 flats that I wear to work every day. I don't step in puddles in them. Right. And then I'll have to spend another $3 on shoes from Walmart. <laughs> they could have walked right around it. Yes. Oh, it bugs me. Um, but anywho, do <laughs> Josie, Reggie, Veronica, and Kevin are all just dancing away. Have you ever been to a club like that? No. No. (laughs) I've never seen a club that actually looks like that. Like, I believe they're there. Mm -hmm. I believe that they're apparently in L.A. because every movie and TV show has a nightclub like that. But, like, I've been to one, like legit dance club and it was pure in austin and i felt super awkward being there because were there lots of people on the dance floor even yeah and there were a lot of drunk people like kind of off to the side dancing with themselves it's very bizarre it was when we went there for my 21st birthday and we we were on a double date with some of my gay friends with my friend jared and his his date and it was a it was an interesting night. <laughs> it was very interesting. Um, Jared had a, a little issue with coming out when we were, well, when I was a freshman in college. I think he was a few years older than me, but I we went to Hardin Simmons with him. And, like, we almost went out on a date because I have a type. <laughs> and they're the type that does not like me back because they're also <laughs> into dudes. And... <laughs> But then he finally told me that he was gay and I had like just met Cameron around the same time. I was like, okay, well, look, you need to come out to your family and stuff. And he finally did. Um, but then a couple years later, he met up with us in Austin for my birthday and we went to a bunch of clubs, but most of the clubs, at least around here, are just bars. Like right. they play music really loud, but there's also like tables and a designated dance floor and it's not like bottle service kind of stuff. Well and the kind of dance floor that they have versus what is around here is very different. Yes. <laughs> so ours are where you can like two step. And I mean they're like the ones that are here, like in our neck of the woods are very two steppy honky tonk kind of bars but um even like like the library and places like that like that aren't necessarily country bars are they're not nightclubs like that yeah that are like indoor raves you know (laughs) um anyway i just can't imagine in a small town like riverdale having a nightclub like this having a nightlife at all outside of the white worm when they have one restaurant 
but then they have this fancy club. (laughs) (laughs) It's really bizarre. So Kevin asks if going Black Swan is like this is helping Veronica. Instead of answering him, Veronica just tells him how she tells everyone how awful it was when the cops showed up to take her dad away. They took everything, you guys. Their cars, their club memberships, their yachts, literally the clothes off their backs. Said it before, I'll say it again. What are you wearing now, bitch? <laughs> they just they just stripped you down right there in the middle of your apartment. But they let her keep her mink. Yes, and it's her blue mink that she wore to the bar tonight. Her Louboutins that could crush a snake. Um, like, she's always wearing the fanciest shit. They did not take your clothes. Oh, yeah. Stop lying. A few too many strands of pearls to, for them right. to have robbed everything. Right. Um, her mom told her that there was one thing no one could ever take from her. Her name. Because this is the Crucible, and she is Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> Not my name! <laughs> <laughs> but then Hermione just took it like it was nothing. She just forged her name like, your mom's a cold-ass bitch. Mm-hmm. It's time you learn that. She's going to get what she wants. Um, at the Andrews garage, FP is jamming with Archie, and he says, damn, Hoss, you're good. <laughs> oh, like he expected him to be terrible. Right. <laughs> He's Archie. He's good at everything he does. That's his thing. Um, but then he asks if Fred has any beer in this garage fridge and things get weird. So Archie decides to make it worse. <laughs> he asks him about the beef between between him and Fred. And the whole time Jughead's like, can we not? Please. You don't drink. Let's go. You Shut your damn mouth. Please. Can we not do this? It's a little more than he bargained for. Yeah. (laughs) So FP tells him his side of the story about how Fred bailed FP out. And he said that like the bail money was him buying FP out of the company, even though his share in the company would be, would have been 10 times more than what Fred spent. And Archie just takes it at face value. He's like, you know what drunk guy that, um, You've made my best friend homeless. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally on the up and up. I'm going to confront my dad about this. So, at Pops, um, Betty is dining with the Blossoms in a window that you pointed out. <laughs> I didn't, never noticed. It says hot soup and hot dogs. <laughs> what, what other hot things they serve? Hot. <laughs> Hot cocoa. Ooh. Hot tamales. <laughs> Both the candy and the Mexican December dish. Anyway, they're trying to talk. The Blossoms are trying to talk Betty into bringing Polly to them. And Penelope is so creepy in this episode or in this scene. Not that she's ever not creepy, but she really lays it on here. She's like, we'll give her everything she needs, including emotional support. And you're like, I don't want emotional support from you. Well, then she made the remark that you guys are family now, insinuating Betty, too. I'm like, yeah, girl, I want to be part of your family. Right. My sister might have fucked your son, but I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Kindly leave me out, please. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, now that that your family will, um, what did she say, like, (laughs) will defend you viciously or something. I don't know, something to that effect, and it was very weird. 
back at Archie's. FP is now drunk and throws Jughead the keys to his pickup. And he's like, come on, Jugs, we better go. That was really sad. I don't know. It, it kind of broke my heart. Yes. At the club, Veronica's card has been denied, and the manager tries to scare them and say that he's supposed to call the cops, but the teens outwit him. <laughs> and Reggie's like, well, how about we tell those cops how old we are? Because you definitely served minors. And Josie's like, yeah, or I could tell my mom, the mayor. <laughs> and, but Veronica just hands him a wad of cash because, again, the cops took everything, but she still can <laughs> throw a wad of cash at this guy and be like, it's fine. And drinks in that very fancy club right. so, and i'm pretty sure i saw a 20 on the outside of that so this is a lot of money yes even if it was like ones or fives it's still that was a pretty thick wad yeah at the trailer jughead takes care of his drunk dad and tries to tell him like how good Je- jellybean and his mom are doing and jellybean's so cool she's 10 but she listens to pink floyd and she wants to be called jb but fp passed out while he's pulling on his boots, he's, he was really drunk. Yeah. I mean, I don't think she listens to this, but I mean, I've, I've had to help my mom into bed like that. And she slept through me taking her shoes off and stuff. So it's, it's sad. It's sad. And like, I mean, I'm pretty drunk right now, but my kid's not home and I would never put myself in the position where she would have to take care of me no matter how old she is. Like, it's a very scary place to be in where when you're the kid who has to take care of your parents. It's it's weird. And when you're a kid, like, not like when you're a grown up taking care of, you know, your elderly parent, but when you're still legitimately a child, Mm -hmm. it's... When you're just wanting to share the good things with him. Yeah. Just talk about, like, you know, we could be a family again. And, you know, if you try, but <sighs> FP. So Archie confronts his dad about forcing FP out of the company. And I almost said Luke. Um, Fred says, son, when someone is drowning, you can try to save them, but not if they're going to drag you down with them. I had to look out for my family. <laughs> look out for you, Archie. And Archie, who's old, always the golden boy, says... Yeah, and who cares if Jughead was left drowning with him? He's got a point. Like, I mean, I know Fred did everything he could for FP, but it is sad to see that Jughead and Jellybean would have been, you know, drugged down with him in this nightmare. Uh, (laughs) When Veronica gets home, she says, having my American Excess card canceled, mother. (laughs) And reporting it stolen. (laughs) Yes. And reporting it stolen. <laughs> Hermione wants uh, Veronica to accept her affair. And Veronica counters with, well, you can't fuck here. And Hermione's <laughs> like, okay. And you have to tell Daddy about the forgery. And in that case, she'll stop doing some online shopping and clubbing. <laughs> she loved negotiations with your parents. Look, I'm going to tell you. You cannot have sex here. <laughs> grown adults in your house in your house (laughs) you must have it in his house where he's also a married man (laughs) separated but still (laughs) not here you have to do it at work (laughs) and in that case i will stop buying things 
at the Blue and Gold office, presumably the next day, Sheriff Keller and Principal Nightmare have found the murder board, and Sheriff Keller takes Jughead down to the station. As he's being led out through the high school, he sees Archie and Betty and tells them to call his dad. Because apparently he's forgotten how good his dad is in these types of situations. Sheriff tells him that they did pull Jughead and Betty's prints off a car. Of course, they're the ones who found it. And like I said in the last episode, they did not wear gloves or they touched everything. Um, But we also learned that Jughead has a rap sheet. Apparently, he tried to burn down Riverdale Elementary, to which he says, I was playing with matches. Not the same thing. Well, in elementary, I mean, like, in like I know where I grew up, that was fifth grade and under. So, I mean, I yeah. really doubt he was going to get too far with arson. <laughs> right. <laughs> with all those people around. Um, yeah. Uh, and, but he's like, look, you're from the wrong side of the tracks. Deadbeat dad, you're bullied a lot. And he's like, yeah, my name's Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> which, which was a very nice ad lib. Thanks to Cole Sprouse. Um, but essentially, Keller says that because Jason Blossom bullied Jughead, he's now a murder suspect. Not a great connection. I mean... I still don't understand. I get the record and that he's on the wrong side of the tracks and everything, but why Betty wasn't in that room, too? Like, why are they not yeah. putting her through all of this if her prints were on there, too? Right. I mean, she might not have a rap sheet, but... It's not fair to make him the scapegoat when mm-hmm. there were two parties that they identified. Right. But how did they know they were her prints if... She very true they knew that they were jughead's prints because he had a rap sheet but they wouldn't know who the second pair was except for the fact that keller knew that she was there yeah good point never thought about that and i'm the person who thinks about this way too much so good call i'm impressed <laughs> i feel you <laughs> You know how many nights I've stayed up thinking about the whole Cheryl and Jason not being the same age thing? (laughs) I've lost way too much sleep about that. So, uh, speaking of, at at Thornhill, Penelope asks Cheryl if she's ever seen Polly taking drugs. She calls her a party girl. Like, I would not think Polly was ever a party girl. Not, Not from the way that they portray her. No. I would have thought that before we met Polly and I would like for that to be Polly because that's way more interesting but that's certainly not what we've seen um and Cheryl's like no not that I can think of why and Penelope says well we wouldn't want a bad mother raising our grandchild and so Cheryl's like oh I see you're gonna try to steal the baby and get rid of Polly (laughs) at the sheriff's station Betty comes in to the interrogation room because that's the thing that happens <laughs> she's sitting with Jughead and he compares himself to the Paradise Lost Kids and how um, they were convicted because they were black and that's quite a jump man but Betty asks oh he asks Betty if his dad is there and she says well Archie's here and his dad's here so same time right <laughs> but nobody knows where your dad is and that's the gotta be rough to hear also fred lies to the sheriff for jughead and says that he was tearing out drywall for him on july 11th and when they pan to archie's face and he's like mm-hmm. <laughs> yep that is a true fact at that point if i were sheriff keller i'd be like 
you're obviously lying. (laughs) (laughs) Archie, what the hell? Can you produce those documents? (laughs) Right. Now? (laughs) Because that's that's not... Your kid just gave it away. Um, So, FP, drunk as hell, comes up as, you know, Fred is leading Jughead and Archie and Betty out. He comes up and he's he wants to pick a fight with Keller, and then in the meantime he he tries to pick a fight with Fred, but Jughead stops him and he's like, "You're just making things worse." So FP agrees to back off, and Archie offers to let Jughead stay with them, and FP says, "You know that's probably for the best if it's okay with Fred." And Jughead's like, "No, I'll I'll go with you, Dad," but FP like stops him and this is like this is the an amazing scene for as much as like this episode doesn't really move the plot along this is really good just acting um fp says he's gonna get his act together but he just needs a little more time and oh the whole thing just breaks my heart like skeet's such a good actor (laughs) like why was he not in more things like i know him from the craft and scream and i know he's done like some lifetime movies he was in the elizabeth smart lifetime movie but did not know that yeah he was a kidnapper um he's just he usually portrays the bad guy doesn't he mm -hmm. In, in the craft he wasn't necessarily a bad guy he was kind of a douche but he was really a victim ultimately but but yeah he always gets put in these like very dark roles but he he does some amazing work here um and cole crushes it too like he i really believe that this was a father and son like it was not zach and cody and the bad guy from scream like like that was fp and jughead jones and it really broke my heart really feel the emotion so fp tells him to stay with fred ultimately if if that's okay with fred and fred's just like it's it's whatever you want man whatever's gonna make this go away because i feel super uncomfortable at the pembroke Hiram calls from prison, and apparently Hermione comes clean about forging his name on a call that's definitely being recorded, by the way. (laughs) They record all those jail calls. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And and she admits to forgery. (laughs) Legal documents. (sighs) Fred doctors his paperwork and time cards because Jughead doesn't deserve what's happening to him. Um, all this happens just kind of rapid fire at pops the whole gang is there with polly waiting for the blossoms but cheryl comes in first like she's seen a ghost and she tells polly to leave only after touching polly's belly like a total creep as somebody who's been pregnant don't do that (laughs) it's weird and she like it was weird for her too you could tell because she recoiled pretty quickly yes um but she tells polly that she has to leave like my parents they do not want what's best for you you gotta go and jj's baby yeah jj's baby polly can't go back home because hal and alice are the worst she can't go back to the convent obviously so she goes and stays with veronica in the pembroke hermione says anything for alice cooper's girls which is weird because they've only alluded to hermione and alice not liking each other in high school it seems like Alice was like an asshole nerd that everybody <laughs> picked on. But I don't know. It's weird. Uh, in Archie's room, he's uh, getting out the air mattress or sleeping bag or whatever for. Like a ninja. Yeah. He unrolled that thing so fast. 
was, I bet I bet they had done many a take. <laughs> he was just really good at it. It was crazy. Like, do you know how long it takes me to get an air mattress out? Like, it's an event. And then he had a hand pump. Good thing he's got those big muscles. Very true. <laughs> I can barely get it pumped up with the motor. <laughs> it's like the accordion thing. <laughs> Archie tells Jughead that he's sorry for his dad and your dad. And Jughead says, I'm not giving up on him. But back at the trailer, FP is trying his hardest to give himself alcohol poisoning. He's stumbling all over the place. There's bottles everywhere. He's got one in his mouth. It's a good thing he doesn't smoke because that bitch would be on fire by now. And as we see him, you know, being a drunk person, we pan over to Jason's letter jacket in the coat closet. very ominous title card Riverdale that's on our bingo card yeah (laughs) take a drink (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if we mentioned it in this in this podcast but (laughs) we we played a drinking game bingo for the season two episode one (laughs) we're we're real good at it. Yeah. We have very few boxes left unmarked. We should... We don't have to podcast about it. We should watch the next one. We should. <laughs> and see if we can get a blackout. <laughs> <laughs> or if one of us blacks out. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> the most Archie moment, the opening scene, obviously, I think, where they pull it straight from the, um, the early comics... Uh, the best blossom burn. She's crazier than a serial killer on bath salts. <laughs> For good, I have um, the Fredheads. Just because, of course, Archie and Jughead's dads were best friends in high yeah. school. Of course they were. I love that. Um, for bad, I have that Polly was hiding in the attic and Betty never thought once to look up there. That seems like a big plot hole. Not, not very Betty. She's she's the Spencer Hastings of this group. She should know the shit. <laughs> um, for funny, I have that Veronica is just so extra <laughs> about her stuff being taken. And Josie rolls her eyes at it. She's like, oh my god, this bitch. <laughs> Seriously. Little princess. Um, okay, so for changes would you have made any changes if you were in the writer's room i don't know i would just keep thinking about my bad is how everybody wants that baby away from its mother yeah and how they want to put it up for adoption but i don't know about changes so for my changes i would have sent polly to live with a relative that's a big one surely they have an aunt yeah grandparents somebody i mean somebody's got to be able to take care of her and maybe not force her child away from her if she doesn't want it to be um for theories it looks like fp was involved in jason's murder somehow definitely yeah i won't offer any theories because i don't want to spoil anything but i would love to hear yours listeners if you're only caught up to this point i always like to hear where people are at uh, on their theories um for Sabrina news, so many people have been casted since I last recorded. And it has been a hot minute since I last recorded because, again, we got the Icepocalypse 
put upon us. So thundersleet. <laughs> thundersleet. It really was. It was a thunderstorm with sleet that killed all of our trees. My coworker was telling me it was slating, snowing, and raining all at her house on yes. Tuesday. <laughs> it was the weirdest shit. And it was like 70 that day. It was amazing. Bananas. Yeah. This the state. Um so yeah, I haven't had a lot of chances to watch TV and let alone talk about it because, you know, trying to like stay warm and live and stuff it's been rough um chance perdomo has been cast as sabrina's warlock cousin from england his name is ambrose spellman the great news about that is he's a person of color and he'll be playing a pansexual so that's awesome that they didn't just give it to another blonde guy um michelle gomez who is from doctor who she played missy the master she's been cast as mary mardwell Sabrina's favorite teacher and mentor who is possessed by the devil's handmaid, something like that. Um, Lucy Davis has been cast as Aunt Hilda and Miranda Otto from Lord of the Rings will play Aunt Zelda. Richard Coyle will play Father Blackwood. And I think this is shaping up to be a really excellent cast. Also, Salem's going to be in it. <laughs> I guess if that was news. But <laughs> so, what about know. Harvey? They haven't casted Harvey yet. There will uh, be a Harvey, though? Yes, there will be a Harvey. They did cast um, Rosalind. Rosalind? Rosalind. I don't know if there's a D or not. I don't know. But they did cast her. So Harvey's presumably next. That, that's got to be all that's really left because they've got the family. I think that's that's about it. For Skeet's Dadgram Corner, <laughs> since Penelope was in this episode quite a bit, I'm going to pull one from my backlog that goes all the way back to this Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and I really do have a ton of these saved on my phone. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, Roger, um, who I might have mentioned earlier in this podcast, or no, I think that was the last one that we talked about, but he sent me like this really awesome collage of like all the Skeet comments from Instagram posts and <laughs> like it's pretty cool so I'm gonna post that in the show notes um and I'll I'll put the link in uh in the description for this podcast so you can just link to it and see it um but for this one Natalie Blo Bolt Natalie Bolt who plays Mama Blossom posted a picture of her holding up all 10 fingers like this <laughs> like she is drying her nails <laughs> You can't see me because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> she her her caption says at ten ten. Yep, ten ten a.m. tomorrow morning on KTLA ENT. Hashtag Penelope Blossom spills the beans on hashtag Riverdale. Don't miss it. And Skeet's comment is: This is I swear to God, this is something my dad would say. <laughs> he says, "Cool." 10 minutes before 10 10 at 10 i will sit for 10 and attend <laughs> and attend <laughs> winky tongue out face <laughs> oh great dad joke skeet solid <laughs> that's precious that's so skeet <laughs> <laughs> all right pals i think that's it for today don't forget to subscribe rate and review if you want to create a dialogue about any of the episodes that i've aired for riverdale you can reach me at sheree b on twitter and that's c-h-e-r-i-e-e-b-e-e -E -E -E. 
like my name and then the honeybee and or sheree04 c-h-e-r-i-e-e 04 on instagram or you can email us at realhousewivesoverdale at gmail.com don't hesitate to call me out if you think I got something wrong or if I missed something um, or if you think you've curated a better blossom burn or ski comment or even if you think I missed like the most blatant blatant the most blatant Archie comic moment because it's been a hot minute since I've actually read an Archie comic um, I don't remember a ton but let's talk about it so I hope you tune in next week when we'll discuss chapter 8 The Outsiders um, you can catch Jess at Jess Finnekin. 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 <laughs> you want to spell it? F I N A K I N. No, the whole thing. J E S. Oh, yes, Jess. J E S S. F I N A K I N. On Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Um. Next week. I'll be discussing chapter eight, The Outsiders, but if you'd like to hear Jessica, stay tuned for our season two, episode one recap, where we giggle a ton. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we're one drink prior to where we are now, but I think we were more drunk then than we are now. (laughs) I think we're on the downhill climb, too. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because we're going to get back at it with (laughs) our bingo cards. But it's just, it's late for these old ladies. It is. <laughs> it's after midnight. Can't believe I haven't turned into a pumpkin yet. <laughs> Alright, guys. Bye. We'll make the winter springtime and jingle jangle sing time. Right on to the summer and the fall.